Hey everybody, it's Tug Coker from The Long Finish. I just wanted to take one quick second to make sure that you, during this holiday season, find a quick minute to enter a contest. If you rate, review, and subscribe to our show, The Long Finish, at wherever podcasts can be found, including iTunes, if you send us a screenshot showing us that you've reviewed, rated, and subscribed to our show, you will be automatically entered to win two bottles of wine that we will send to you so you can enjoy them while we talk about them on the podcast. And we're going to make sure that they're good bottles of wine so your friends will feel jealous. This contest ends January 20th. We will be announcing the winner on the week of the January 20th, 21st podcast, who the winner is. And we'll be sending two bottles of wine for you and whoever else you want to enjoy that wine. But in order to do it, you've got to rate, review, and subscribe to our show. So if you have a chance during this holiday week to get away from your family and go enter the contest, we are excited to send you those wines. Happy holidays to everybody, and now back to the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Long Finish. I am your host, Tug Coker, and I'm here, as always, with my wife and co-host, Catherine Weil Coker. How are you doing tonight, Catherine? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing really well. Thank you so much for asking. Busy, fun week, right? Yeah, it's great. We're just rolling around the holidays, getting festive, getting busy, and doing life. This is coming out the last week of the year, and we're excited because we're going to be doing a recap of all things wine in 2019. Uh, I'm sure everyone's feeling good as they listen to this, enjoying their, the holiday spirit. It's episode number 13. Lucky 13. Lucky 13. We did 13 episodes this year in 2019. Excited to do the full lot next year. We've got a lot of fun ideas in store, as I've mentioned. But let's get into the episode tonight. going to be talking about the family. We're also going to get into the wine of the week, which is... The wine of the evening is Los Bermejos. They're in the Canary Islands. On the island of Lanzarote. And this is the Listan Negro Rosado Brut Natur. The grape variety is Listan Negro, a grape variety that's native to Spain and very common in the Canary Islands. And Brut Natur, as we remember from last week, means no dosage, so no sugar added. It's very dry. Canary Islands such an exciting place that they're growing grapes and have been for many many years and this wine is super mineral and zesty and it's just fun to have a rosé from a volcanic island isn't it delicious it is delicious not only that it's a sparkling rosé if you're interested in doing something a little unique with your wine choices for the new years so we did champagne last week tonight we're doing a sparkling wine from the canary islands it's a great time to be drinking bubbles as we said last week it's time to get festive in a few days it will be time to be somber so enjoy it while it lasts we're gonna get somber that's january as well as I, my birthday buckle down yeah my birthday's in january so don't get too somber everyone out there 
think of me. Right after your birthday. The Capricorn of the group. Happy birthday to me. I can't really talk about anything because I'm just staring at your new haircut. Oh, thanks. Yeah, very cute. I'm feeling very fresh. Someone got some bangs, ladies and germs. My stylist, Fumika, who I've been going to for years, said, have you ever had bangs? And I said, well, in third grade, she said, so no. And I was like, oh, okay. She really didn't want me to do it. She was afraid. But I was like, you know what? It's now or never. Let's just go for it. I'll do the blunt bob with the bangs. I'm going to give it a try. Wait a minute, you pitched the idea? Yeah. Wow. She would never pitch that. Interesting. She doesn't really pitch anything. She kind of just goes with my vibe. Just cuts a great haircut. She's awesome. Not only can you deliver perfect wine knowledge, but you can deliver perfect bangs. Well, I could, but now I'm embarking on a second round of that. So, And I have two kids and I'm an adult. So I'm an adult. Sh- I drink what I want. Also, I, I d- do with my hair what I want. I love it. So you look great. Thanks. Yeah, and it's similar to last week's episode. It's a little uh, Kathy Lee and Regis haven't seen each other much today, so we're catching up. You talked about holidays. What's the holiday experience been like with the two kids? Like, have you had fun just about the idea of decorating with their three-year-old, the, the advent calendar, something they look forward to every day? What's your experience? Yeah, the, this year has been fun because I really didn't, I really set my expectations low. Like, whatever we feel like doing, we do. So that's been fun, decorating listening to different music with him it's been a fun year i I agree i've enjoyed watching bo get into the holidays Catherine wrapped a couple presents and said like should we put them under the tree and we were like luckily we said no because we've never seen more meltdowns whenever a box arrives to the house that they can't open it before christmas so funny because last year at two and a half he was fine with it I mean, we had tons of presents under the tree, and he was okay. Yeah. A lot of holiday stuff going on. We're going to be without Brando, who's been amazing for us, as always, for the next few weeks. So it's going to be you and me and my parents for a few days. Good luck to you. Good luck to you as we shake hands (laughs) and pinky swear to have each other's backs at all time. But thoughts on tonight's performance by us and putting our kids to bed? Not bad. I would say about a seven. You know, the kids were in good moods. Nobody got sick. Nobody was crazy. It was like, it was solid. Yeah, I agree. We've gotten to a habit. I'm pretty sure I have a torn ACL just for those out there who are worried about me. Definitely some bad knee. I got to get an MRI at the beginning of the year. But our three-year-old insists on playing some version of tag or just running around the house before we go to sleep. It's Again, it's all the negotiations I talked about last time. If we got to play freeze tag, I'll brush my teeth. And if we play some sort of running game, then I'll get into my bed. Every night we've been doing that for the last two weeks and it's going to get worse when this kid, this one-year-old starts to walk in like a matter of days probably. So I agree with you. It was a good night overall. Good cap for us to end 2019 on the podcast with the with a good night. Hopefully in 2020 with the first episode of the year, we'll be talking about how we got the kids sleeping through the night, but that remains to be seen. At some point in the next 10 years, that will happen. <laughs> really? Great. That's just great. Well, one thing that will help ease the pain of trying to get these kids to sleep is some good wine. Mm. And as I said last week, we wanted to spend some time with sparkling in the last couple weeks of December. We did champagne last week. I hope you have a chance to go back and revisit that. Pick up a champagne for yourself for the holiday season or New Year's. And I wanted to add on that note, if you do want to look more into champagne, Eric Asimov, wine writer of the New York Times had a great article this past week about rosé champagnes. It's just a great article about champagne. It's great. It sort of builds on what we were talking about last week and would be so awesome to read if you enjoyed last week's podcast. So check out that Eric Asimov article in New York Times. We'll post a link to it on our social media. 
And we're not drinking champagne tonight, but we are drinking sparkling rosé. Yeah, and this wine is made in the same method as champagne. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's method traditional or traditional method or method champenoise or champagne method. All the same thing. Which means that there's a base wine, then there's something added to start the second fermentation, which is sometimes sugar and yeast. In this case, it's uh, Malvasia, which is a grape, but it's like the juice of Malvasia before it becomes a wine. So it's just a little grape grape juice. Starts the second fermentation, which is in the bottle, 15 months on the lees, on the dead yeast cells. Then it's disgorged and ready to go. 15 months on the lees. Well, that sounds like the non-vintage, you know, for so many of the wines we talked about, champagnes we talked about last week. So, Well, all champagne. Yes. It's about 15 yeah, yeah, yeah. months versus 15 three months. years for vintage. You're yeah. absolutely right. But this is a vintage. This oh, cool. is 2017. So like I said, this is made from Listan Negro, which is a grape variety that's native to Spain and found all over the Canary Islands. Red grape variety, I guess probably most similar to Pinot Noir, except ends up being a little more, having more minerality, kind of like smokiness. But I'm not sure if that smokiness is coming from the grape variety or from the place that these grapes are grown. Because what's really special about this wine is the vineyards and how the vines are grown. It's insane. If you look at a picture, it looks like you're on the moon. It's black because in the 1700s, there were volcanoes that erupted all over this island. So the whole, there's like three to five meters everywhere over the island. That's just this thick, hard lava, petrified lava crust. You can imagine that, right? So in order to plant vines, they have to dig a hole. They're called hoyos to get down to the actual fertile earth they plant the vine so they've got this giant hole one vine and then there's rocks around the perimeter of the oil of the hole to help block some of the wind because you're on an island off the coast of Africa it's very windy although the wind is helpful in blowing any fungus away or, or keeping the vines fresh and healthy. Um, but just looking at a vineyard is unbelievable. If you're looking at it from the base, it looks flat because you can't see all these crazy holes in it. It's truly remarkable. Like look up a picture if you haven't seen it. The winemaker is Ignacio Valdera and he's pretty much farming organically or purchasing wine that's farmed sustainably, technically sustainable, but like within his philosophy of farming practices, which is sort of amazing for this kind of crazy landscape that we're talking about. All the wines are really unique and special, but this is just such a minerally and smoky red. It also has this cherry, almost like cherry cough syrup, but cherry and strawberry. I guess if I didn't know, I would think it was Pinot Noir. Yeah, I mean, I said it has like a peanut butter and jelly kind totally. of Totally. What's interesting about it is it's not sweet, but it has like a, it's very fruitful forward but it's brut nature so it's zero dosage so it's like it is kind of pleasing in the, the mouthfeel have we used that word on this show i don't know if we've used mouthfeel on the entire podcast really no, i'm breaking it in 
first. It does have good mouthfeel, though. Great mouthfeel, but also, you know, giving you the impression of, it's not sweet, but it has like the fruit, the, the fruit is this. really ripe. Yeah. The fruit is really ripe, and I wonder if some of that is that like the little bit of Malvasia that they add to start the second fermentation. Malvasia is such a like intense, floral, really aromatic and fruity grape. Maybe that adds something to it as well. I don't know. It's such an awesome story, such extreme conditions that make this just pretty zippy mineral wine. I mean, not only do I love hearing about the story of the wine and who made it, but looking at pictures of the vineyards and imagining that place is so fun. That's kind of one of the re- the ways that I got into wine in the beginning because I remember, remember that restaurant I was working at in New York, August. I got the wine Bible and it sat next to my bedside for five years. I mean, that it was so hard to open that. But looking at a picture, that's easy. Looking at a map, that's easy. That's a way in. Do you happen to know to whom does uh, the Canary Islands belong? Spain. Spain. Yeah. So, But it's really close to Morocco. Just like, um, well, I wrote it down, 125 kilometers off the coast. Not far at all. When you look at a map, it's like very close to Morocco and kind of far from Spain. Nice of you to say kilometers. Shout out to all our international listeners. Well, you know. Uh, down in Australia, yeah. France, Germany, thank you. Can you do the quick mile translation? 125 kilometers? That's your domain, babes. I have no idea. I think it's like a, probably 100 miles. So it's like 75 miles. Okay, f- so off 75 miles. Africa. I was 25 miles off. Which is a lot. <laughs> it was a sir. lot. So much. Dude. And yeah, very, very, very off. Anything else on the wine? Pairings? We talked about sparkling last week, champagne. This is particularly minerally and salty. Great with like a crudo or oysters or even a uh, richer, oilier fish would be great. Would be good with something salty as well. Salty, hard cheese. I think of basic manchego from Spain would be great. But a hard sheep's milk cheese would be awesome with this. It's also, like you were saying earlier, a fun party wine. Something to bring to be celebratory that's not champagne, that has a really interesting story and people would just enjoy. And because you said it is Brut Nature, it's dry, but it has a lot of sweet fruit. It could be pleasing for a lot of people. And aside from the party goers for the New Year's season, people that can bring this bottle for a fun event, who do you think is in the market for this wine? Who would you say this market, when, you, when someone comes to Esther's, who do you say is the clientele for a wine like this? It's funny to say that. In general, people who are looking for sparkling wine at Esther's are either looking for very entry-level wine you know, your inexpensive Prosecco Cava, or they're looking for a champagne or something that they have in mind. But there are always people that are like, what's new? What's fun? What's exciting? This is that. What's something different in the sparkling wine world? My friend loves champagne, but I want to buy her something special. Or I had a customer the other day who said, my coworkers love champagne, but I don't want to spend a ton. I want to get them a sparkling, but something that will impress them that's unusual or fun. I'm like, this is perfect. It's exactly what she should buy. That's great. And if you live outside of a market like Santa Monica, 
or New York, where the wine from a Canary Islands might not be readily available. How can you go to a local wine purveyor and say, can you give me something similar to this? I mean, mostly what I go in and ask for is I'm looking for a sparkling wine, something that isn't a Prosecco or a Cava or a Champagne, maybe something different. That's what I would start with. It's not going to be this wine with the story of the Canary Islands, but you might get something beyond what you thought of. Maybe you'll get a Cremant Alsace. Oh, sparkling wine made in the traditional method from Alsace. That's cool. Learn about that. It's obviously going to be different than this, but the point is to expand your expectations of sparkling wine beyond the traditional regions because there's many, many regions that make sparkling wine. And when in a more metropolitan area that does have wine from the Canary Islands, by all means, give it a try. And also, could you say... I'm looking for a sparkling rosé outside of champagne, zero dosage. That'd be a good Absolutely. tip, right? Yeah. So think about those things. Sparkling rosé, zero dosage, still done in the traditional method, but outside of champagne. If you can't find this wine from the Canary Islands, which of course we're going to post on our social media pages, and we hope you come out and grab them for your New Year's Eve events, but there's a lot of great options out there. It's the sparkling rosé season. Who doesn't love sparkling rosé? Well, there you go. If you have any questions on the wine, feel free to reach out to us at our website, The Long Finish, or on Instagram at The Long Finish, Twitter, TLF Pod, and we're happy to help you. Happy to help give you some thoughts on wines to get for your New Year's Eve party. Don't be afraid to DM us, reach out, and we'll be happy to respond. So let's get to the fun um, discourse on the recap of 2019. I'm excited about this. I'm excited to hear about your favorite wine experiences in 2019, some of your favorite bottles. What do you got for us? Well, I just picked three bottles that stood out to me from this year. It's hard. It was very hard. Of course, like there's so many wines that I love and I had to look through my notebook. Actually, I had um, three notebooks this year. So I had to look through my notebooks. I had to look through my Instagram, look through my photos. I want to say that Catherine is very analog. She loves to have, she loves to write in journals. I was working on something the other day and she made me stop working to show me her new 2020 journal. Planner. Planner, excuse me. <laughs> Planner. So I totally believe that you have multiple, and that's, how, that's what you write in your, when you do your uh, tastings, right? You write in the Yeah, the, the that's what I'm journals. saying. Yeah. Over the course of the year, I've had three notebooks for 2019. Maybe on Instagram, we, we can get a picture of that because A, it has your handwriting that you love, but also it's just, you know, shows your nerddom. Yeah. Well, we got to record it somehow. I'm sure people are into like apps and phone stuff, but like I can't do that. I just like writing it down. What's inside those journals? So what I'm saying is I got into the journals, the photos, the Instagram, the memories, (sighs) and I pulled three wines that I think were really remarkable, special producers and places and wines that I was introduced to this year. One of these wines was from the Beckham family in Oregon. And all their wines are amazing. Gosh, I got to experience these wines this year for the first time, and I'm very excited about them. But the wine I chose for this recap was the 80 Beckham Pinot Gris from Chehalem Mountains, Oregon. 2017 and it's from their vineyard they started in 2004 there are a couple 
Andrew and Andrea, and they, um, he was an artist and teaching art, and they bought this farm, and they wanted somewhere where he could make his art, and he does a lot of ceramics, and eventually they just got that thing, maybe we should start growing grapes, and they built up all their vineyards, and they started farming without irrigation from the very beginning, organic, they didn't really know what they were doing, but they had a really strong community, and they're making wines that are just alive. These are alive wines. And he is super passionate about ceramics. So he is making amphora. Amphora is a very, very old school, traditional clay wine vessel used for fermenting and aging wine that dates back to the oldest wine traditions in Georgia, but in many, many regions. So he makes them there. And this wine is a Pinot Gris that's the same as Pinot Grigio. Pinot Grigio is a pink sort of gray grape. So you can treat it like a white wine, which most of us know, Pinot Grigio, but you can treat it like a red wine and let it sit with the skins. And then it gets almost copper or sometimes almost red wine color. And this one is almost, it's like a dark rosé color, but sort of has that copper tone, that like salmon pink. Um, And this was aged on the skins in the amphora for 30 days. Now, I picked this wine, one, because I'm in love with these people, and I think their wines are really special, and their farming's really amazing, and they're exciting. But I also picked this because I am telling you, I have seen so many skin contact Pinot Gris this year. It is the year of the skin contact Pinot Grigio. My goodness, I've seen so many. Two years ago, I would have tasted one or two. It's in Italy, in northern Italy, Alto Adige or there around. It's called a Ramato style. My goodness, people in California are doing it. Oregon, of course, in Italy. But I've seen, I've tasted many this year. And we have one by the glass at Esther's right now. I mean, it's nuts. So I had to pick this for that reason as well. It has really been the year of the pink Pinot Grigio. Some nice foreshadowing for when I ask you what is going to be the trend of 2020, Mm -hmm. you would look back on 2019 and say, the year of skin contact, Pinot Grigio. Oh, yeah. Amazing. What's number two? Number two. These are in no particular order. No particular order. Number two is a red wine, but from a producer who produces both white and red. Number two is Rock Desange, the unique rouge from Cote Catalan, 2018. This is a red wine from the Roussillon region of France. It's 100% Grenache Noir. And this is coming from a couple, Marjorie and Stéphane, who come from other regions of France, but moved to this area, the Vallée de l'Aglie, in the Roussillon, which is like the last possible appellation before you get to Spain. So think very, very southern France, very, very west. And you can see the ocean, you can see the Pyrenees, like it's in the foothills of the Pyrenees, almost like when you're like landing in Denver and you can still see the Rocky Mountains. You're like, yes, like that's where this is, except it's much greener. There are, you know, vineyards there, but it is pretty arid and hot and dry. And mostly there's co-ops there and people making um, dessert wine. But this little winery really stands out. It was my first introduction to them this year. They are practicing biodynamics 
which is Beyond Organics. This couple is just really focused on low intervention, purity, energy, and these wines are so, so elegant. This is a funny story about Grenache. I used to hate the grape Grenache. I remember this. And then I got pregnant with our first son and I had a change of heart. I really enjoyed it. That thing, that macerated strawberry thing that I used to hate, I really loved. And when he was born, it did not go away. I have just grown this appreciation for Grenache. I do particularly like pretty versions of Grenache like this that's grown on sand and schist. Grenache can be grown on a lot of different soils. When it's grown on clay, it's just more robust and like heavy. And I don't like that as much as the sand and schist, which hold less water and are prettier. But this is partial whole cluster, semi-carbonic wine. And whole cluster being? Instead of the grapes being plucked off the the little stems they start the fermentation with the stems on it's closer to like basically just plucking a handful of grapes almost like you see at the market yeah a bunch of grapes and just put them and throw them in yeah exactly and a semi-carbonic is semi-carbonic is like when we talked about carbonic maceration yeah so starting inside the berry so some of that happens maybe it starts the fermentation starts like that but then the grapes are never crushed but it's not the whole wine that's carbonic But these are just pretty, pretty, pretty red wines. And this area, Cote Catalan, is just kind of so underrated. I was completely taken by the beauty of these wines from this region. A region that's sort of under the radar. Totally. Off the the beaten path a little bit. Yes. And my third wine is coming from a producer that I have long supported at Esther's. Favaro. Favaro is in northern Piemonte. In a little town called Piverone, about 50 kilometers north of Turin. And it's a father and son team, Benito and his son Camillo. And they are really, really known for producing Erbaluce, a grape variety that's very ancient to that area that dates back to at least the 1700s, if not more. And they've really brought it back. And more recently, there's become a DOCG around that grape varietal and that appellation there. And they have a tiny, tiny little three hectare farm. You know, it's so tiny, but they are champions of this grape variety. And we've had the entry level Herbaluche at Esther's by the glass or on the shelf for years. We've had their sparkling wine, sparkling rose from Nebbiolo. But this year, I got to taste the Tredici Mezzi. I hope I'm saying that right. Favaro Herbaluche. Piemonte 2015, which is an Herbaluce that is aged in concrete egg and old oak for 13 months. So it has longer aging and it's 2015. And I was so taken with this wine. And you were too. You're like, did I drink that? You did. And we had it one day and then we had it the next day and it was even more expressive the next day. It's a little more expensive than the entry level Favara, which has been always a favorite. But to know that this kind of more obscure grape varietal could be that complex and charming and just so unusual and undeniable sip after sip. It was like, I just remember drinking that wine. That's what this is. And I loved the producer for a long time, but I never had quite as a complex wine as that. In my notebook, I was just looking at it earlier today. Three stars, honey, orange, tangerine, floral, melon, wildflower, great minerality, love, love, love. (laughs) 
that's such a great note. I was like, wow, that is a wine I really love this year. It's fun. So just to recap, you have a skin contact Pinot Gris. You have wine from southern France, which was... Grenache Noir. And you have a Herbaluche 2015. Herbaluche is a wine that is a varietal that I was introduced to through you at Esther's too because we did have by the glass and it was so popular, including from me. I loved it. It's affordable. It's delicious. It's approachable. It's got that crispness. Great discovery. And I'm, and I'm glad to hear that um, this is something that you've been supporting from day one and they're still surprising you. It's really cool. That's the best it's a good marriage oh yeah okay you've been supporting them from day one and they're still surprising you i hope that's true it is so there you go that's a great best of 2019 there's also other ones out there i think there's ones from the washington post eric asimov does one as well Catherine has hers so add all of them to your collection and go get some great ones here here so now we move to the final portion of the night is what is inspiring us this week. Catherine, do you have anything? I am inspired so much this month by my parents and the wonderful childhood that I had growing up thinking about Christmas time and all the fun things that we did around this time. It's always inspiring me to think back. I'm particularly thinking about my mom, who I talked to earlier this week, who broke her hand and had to say to me, Katie, because my parents and my extended family call me Katie, I cannot put together the village. The village is a very, very special part of the Wild family decorations in my house. And I used to spend hours putting together this decoration with the little shops and the little school and the little ice skating rink and all the fake snow and all the little people. And I said, mom, it's okay. We'll find other things to be excited about this year. But the point is my mom then and now and all the time just makes such small things feels so, so special. She did that all my growing up and it's especially inspiring this time of year when there's so much expectation to do so much and I'm reminded that my mom did really simple things and made them feel like rituals and super special. So thanks mom. I love you. Shout out to Sally Weil who's a listener of the podcast and she will be correcting your French forever yeah i'm sure she'll thanks correct, mom correcting your friends that you said tonight my moment of inspiration is my best of 2019 which is my favorite music of the year now i listen to a lot of music there's a lot of music that won't be on this list but i will be posting my favorite music of the year on our instagram and twitter pages and you can look at the list Catherine and i visited a lot of these uh performers and concerts but my favorite group right now in the world is krungbin k-h-u-r a-N-G-B-I-N. It's a group from Houston, Texas. They play music that I think, if you haven't heard of them, you should just go ahead and listen to them on Spotify. Pleasing to multiple generations. Got a great groove. Put it on at a party that you're having. I love this band. I saw them three times in 2018. I can't wait for the new album. They had a remix album that came out this year that is, just put it on from start to finish. It's incredible. And my favorite song of the year is... A surprise to me. It's from Mark Ronson, a guy who made Uptown Funk with Bruno Mars. It's not necessarily where I would veer into the pop world, but he made an album I thought was really good. And he made a song with Angel Olsen called True Blue, which is an incredible song. It's my song of the year. It's poppy, but it feels timeless, and I cannot stop listening to it. I haven't stopped listening to it all year. So give that a listen. It's off his new album from 2019 called Late Night Feelings, and the song is called True Blue. 
And make sure you check out my list of best of 19 music. I, I listen to a lot of KCRW. I listen to Pitchfork. Watch Pitchfork. Read Pitchfork. And listen to tons of stuff on Spotify. And if you have a great album, send it to me. I'm willing to listen to, to whatever. So check that out on Instagram and Twitter. And hopefully you find something good for yourself from this list. All right, that's it. 2019 is in the books for the Long Finish Podcast. Episode 13. Thank you to all of our listeners for staying with us for the first 13 episodes. We're very excited about what we have in store for 2020. A lot of great things happening. So hopefully you'll stay with us. And if you have a chance to rate, review, and subscribe to our show, we hope you do that. Catherine, where can they find you and The Long Finish on social media? On Instagram, you can find me at Catherine Wild Coker and The Long Finish at The Long Finish. On Facebook, we're Catherine Wild Coker and The Long Finish. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Tug Coker. We'll be back in 2020 on January 7th with an all-new episode of The Long Finish. So to everyone out there, drink responsibly and have a wonderful time with friends and family. And we hope you have a wonderful new year. Happy drinking.